This is your East Texas Real Estate Podcast with your favorite real estate team, Texas Home and Ranch Group. Here is your host, team lead Kristen Bonin and driver Corey. Okay, so today we are talking about the 2021 forecast for the real estate market. And we are expanding that into the East Texas real estate market. East Texas! <laughs> um, okay, so we've been having an interesting market, uh, 2020 carrying over into 2021. Um, so far, we're in the, just the few first few weeks of 2021. Um, right now, we weren't really sure what 2021 was going to bring. And it turns out it's not bringing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, there's almost, what, no inventory like we had in 2020. Right. Um, Everything seems to have dried up. I Uh, think everybody's still a little scared about what 2021 is going to bring. You know, we have the vaccine now, although if you watch the news, they're not sticking enough people. Uh, If you are interested in moving, there are houses there, but it kind of seems like everybody's kind of large group of people kind of narrowing down to the four or five that are available. I think we've had a lot of people call about pending properties. We have. And then of course, if there's a, a home that comes on the market, it tends to have four or five different offers in a matter of hours. In fact, we've had buyers that have been on our buyer list for a while that'll contact us whenever a, a property hits the market. And they're not even able to see the house typically before it goes under contract. Um, that's how fast they're going under contract just because there's no inventory. And that's been a carryover um, since 2020, but I think it's gotten worse now than what it was in 2020. I didn't think it could get worse, but I think, I think it it's is. worse because the inventory hasn't changed. I mean, we're still seeing the same amount of houses come on the market. Um, I think Lufkin in the last couple of days has really been a little bit more faster to, to get properties on the market than what I've seen in, you know, Alto Rush, Jacksonville, NAC, uh, and even into Tyler. I haven't really seen a whole lot of new houses pop up in Tyler. The country, nothing in the country. So, Right. Um, yeah, you're right. It's It's been a crazy, crazy it's, start. It's been a crazy start, that's for sure. Um, and actually, we're not alone. And um, I'm looking at metrics that have been sent to me from uh, Realtor.com, Guild Mortgage, Better Mortgage, and Principal Mortgage. So I've got a lot of different stats here um, that I'm looking at and what the predictions are going to be for 2021. Turns out, um, across the board listings are down 40% from what they were one year ago nationwide. I believe it because one year ago today, in fact, we were looking to start having one of our best Januaries and Februaries, I think, ever. And uh, I don't think anybody really expected within... Right. We were about to go into COVID and everything else. So right now we're still, you know, we're still having that fallout from COVID and... Listings down 40%. I think for our market, listings are probably from one year ago down a little bit more than 40%. I would put it at probably closer to 60 70% from what agree. they were a year ago um, as far as inventory goes. Um, now, as far as inventory, as far as 2021, um, we're not going to be seeing, according to the experts, we're not going to be seeing a significant improvement anytime soon. <laughs> So I know that's not what everyone wants to hear in terms of inventory, but with the coronavirus going on and with the the um, the fallout of that, even though we're we're getting vaccines out, even though um, that's ongoing, the pace of that until we really get into the groove of that, we're looking probably going to be second quarter. Um, 
all of that is is going to take a, a hit for us right now. Um, so we may see some onesies, twosies come on the market, but it's not going to be a huge demand like we were expecting there to be. Um, experts are saying that there's going to be um, further reduced inventory going into the spring um, as we start approaching uh, that summer season. Yeah, and I think a lot of people need to understand, you know, if you see a property that's pending, you know, it has a contract. And we get a lot of people who call us about why is it pending and then when we tell them it's pending because it has a contract, oddly enough, they get pretty upset about it. And it's it's to the point where it's like, it's not our fault. It's pending. Mm -hmm. It's nothing we did. It's nothing you did as a as a new buyer. It's the fact that somebody beat you to it. And a lot of times they'll say, well, can I put it in the back of contract? And we've done that on a few and we know that that sometimes is what it is. But it gets a little bit hard sometimes when you want to put someone... In the perfect home and the first one they contact you about is pending so if you see it pending just stay away from it it's it's not worth your time they do fall through every once in a while but right it's 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 difficult whenever you are watching one particular home because there's going to be homes that are going to come up on the market that um are you're not going to look at as closely because you're waiting for the one that you know you're watching to either fall through or um, get sold or whatever else and in the meantime you're bypassing a lot of um, homes that come on the market that would actually be pretty perfect for you so whenever you see one that um, that you really like and that is pending you know it's it's always a good idea to keep an eye on it but don't let anything else pass you by you know if you see something that comes on the market that you really really think might actually be a good fit for you don't let the one that's pending hold you back I think that's what Corey's trying to say mm -hmm. on this. Don't let it hold you back um, from from pursuing something else. So, so what can we expect from home sales, uh, and what can we expect this year? Okay, so home sales. Um, so last year, twenty twenty, home sales were only up 09 percent. Believe it? Yeah. I don't believe it because <laughs> we were seeing properties this year go for. Numbers that number of sales, so in ah, number sales, of sales, sales. Okay, yeah. yeah. Number of sales were only up 0.9 percent. I believe it. I don't think we really had anything drastically different, right? We pretty much did the same number of yeah. volume from 2019 to 2020. Yeah. So, home sales was up about 9.9 percent. Um, this year they're saying that home sales will be up seven percent. So, going from 0.9 percent 19 2019 to 2020 to going up 7% um, 2020-21. And that's actually a pretty healthy jump in terms of home sales. And that's something that you can also see in terms of inventory. If it's going to be jumping up 7% prediction for this year, that typically means that there's going to be some inventory coming out <laughs> in order to have those home sales. Um, we're expecting seasonality to make a return. So if you remember in 2020, we didn't have the typical summer season. We didn't have the spring season. We didn't have the the late season whenever we had the sell-off with kids, kids going back to school and everything else because we didn't know what was happening. Um, so last year was a complete roller coaster in terms of seasonality. So experts are predicting this year that seasonality is returning. We will have a spring selling season. We will have a summer selling season. So how is that going to affect interest rates? So interest rates are not going to be as 
lucrative as what they've been in 2020, unfortunately. So if you were one of the buyers that got in on a home sale in 2020, kudos to you because you got a really awesome rate. If you're looking at buying your home now, you better get in on it now because rates are going to start increasing. As consumer confidence grows, if people get more comfortable and people start getting comfortable wanting to buy a house and they're okay with the economy and they're okay with the climate that's going on, if people get comfortable, rates go up. The more uncertain the environment is, is what keeps rates low. So as they get more confident, we're going to expect to see rates starting to climb this year. And it's not that low. It's not that low right now, but it's not that high right now. So experts are predicting between 3.2%, um, probably 3.4% by the end of the year. Now, in 2020, we saw rates as low as 2.5%. So that means we're going to spend most of the year fielding phone calls and questions from people saying, but my friend That's Jimmy right. got a 2.5 last Jimmy year. Jimmy got a 2.5 last year. Why am I getting year? a 3.4? Why am I getting a 3.4 this year? That's correct. So so for those of you who have those questions, when you talk to us, please understand <laughs> that Jimmy bought at the right time and you did not. Jimmy bought at the right time. So that's what we've been saying for the last year. If you've been watching us on Facebook, if you've been watching us on Instagram, on YouTube, all the different videos and the podcasts that we've done, how we've been talking about, you know, over the last year, rates are super low. Get in while you can. Get in while you can. It's going to impact your monthly payment. This is exactly what we were talking about. Be like Jimmy. Be like Jimmy. Should've Jimmy bought, got a good rate. Should have been here last year. <laughs> should have gotten a good rate last year. So we're still low. Okay, we're still low right now. We're still under 3%. We're not at 2.5, but we are under that 3% margin right now. So if you are going to be wanting to buy a home this year, I understand that, you know, logistics and, you know, kids being in school and all those things matter. I definitely understand that. But if you have the ability to buy a home now and it's something that you wanted to do this year, that's probably something you're going to want to jump on because interest rates will be going up. That will mean your monthly payment goes up. And for a lot of people, that makes a difference in their monthly payment. So what can buyers expect this year? Buyers, for what buyers can expect. Okay. Low inventory. No, Low inventory. No interest off. rate like Jimmy got. <laughs> no no interest rates like uh, what Jimmy got. So most of the buyers this year, believe it or not, are going to be millennials. Now, before we talk about millennials, millennials is not Gen Z, okay? We didn't, I'm a millennial. Uh, <laughs> I just made a new one. I just made a new one. Um, I'm not, um, Gen Z. I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. You're, first you're all, the first millennial, actually. First you're 1981. I want to set the record straight on this millennial discussion. I heard millennials were from like 1981. Yes. To like 20. No, it's 10. like 1995 or it, 1992 or something look, like that. Someone born in 1993 has no idea what it's like to be brought up on A-tracks, rotary phones, and brown shag carpet. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. They, they didn't have, have an idea in 93. No clue. And for those of us who were born in the early 80s, who remember when we first walked, or you look at your baby pictures, and you have a floral sofa in the background. There you go. Floral your, sofa. Your dad has the mullet. Your mom has the old 70s fro. That's You've right. You've got the brown shag carpet. You're listening to the Bellamy Brothers on A-Track. That's right. I mean, a kid born in 93 has no idea what life was like. 
Okay, you know? well, that's... Okay, I digress. All right. They're, they're still... They're still classified as millennials, okay? I disagree. Us older millennials are much more wise... And, and bitter. And, you know, <laughs> bitter about that and everything else. But we love our millennial buyers. We kid, all things aside, we love you. Okay, so most of the buyers out there are going to be millennial buyers. They're going to be people who are our age, which are going to be basically 40s, early 40s. Um, and they're going to be people as young as about 25, which are all going to be that millennial group. So that's what we're going to expect to see. Millennials are going to be basically your second generation buyers. They're going to be the ones that are selling their first home and they're going to be buying your second home. Um, so doing that basic upgrade, you know, whenever you sell your first home, you get some equity, you get a profit from that home and you're basically trading up. You're going to the next level of home. Um, the millennials that are going to be on the early, or not the early, but the later size, the 25-year-old um, millennials, those ones are going to be the ones who are buying those first homes. So you may end up having a transaction where it's one millennial who's 25 buying another millennial's home who is around the 40-year mark and they're going to their second home. So we could see double millennial transactions here. And that's something that's actually going to be a little bit new this year. Normally, we see a different type of generational buyer. We have a younger buyer with, um, you know, more of a boomer type um, um, seller, something along those lines. Now, here in East Texas, we have a little bit more of, of a mix. Um, we do have a lot of older buyers here, or, oh, I'm sorry, older sellers here that, you know, it's either an estate or something along those lines. So we do have a little bit more of the multi-generational um, gap there. But this year... They're expecting a lot of millennial buyers are going to be there. We're also going to be expecting, we've seen a lot of this, especially in Q4 of 2020. Um, we're expecting a number of buyers coming in from larger cities, coming into East Texas, East Texas small towns, because of COVID. So we had a huge flux. We've seen people from um, New Mexico. We've seen them from Ohio. We've Colorado. seen them from St. Louis, Colorado. <laughs> We've had calls from California, you know, all over the place. Some of them actually did go through with the purchase. Some of them we just got calls from. But we've had buyers from all over the place contacting us, coming to Texas. Um, a lot of it has to do with COVID. And just being able to buy something that is more reasonably priced. We've had buyers coming up from Houston. We've had them from Dallas. Um, a lot of folks that are coming this direction. Some of them are going into the Lufkin-Tyler areas just simply because whenever you're coming from Houston or you're coming from Dallas, you have this huge metroplex. I mean, downsizing to Rusk <laughs> or Alto is a huge difference. Hey, Rusk has the Daily Grind, and that's all you need. That's right. That's all you go need. There. Shout out to the Daily Grind. You guys are awesome over there. Yeah. And then you go up to Jacksonville. We got Frank's Barbecue for that's those right. of you who Frank's like the, uh, the Roach Coaches. That's right. They're pretty awesome right there. So, I, I Atwood's think, parking lot, you get a twofer. You go to Atwood, you get Frank's Barbecue. They're awesome. Shout out to you guys, too. Yeah, watch out for the potholes, Atwood. <laughs> so, Just see if you can work on your driveway a little bit, Atwood. So I will say this. So I think a lot of us have been watching the news lately, and uh, I think one of the things we got to think about too as we move forward not so much in 2021 although i think it will impact it but in the 2022 is you know a lot of people around the united states are starting to realize there's certain preferred areas to be in and i think corporations are also seeing it too and you're seeing a lot of big corporations 
relocating to Texas. And that's going to do a lot of good things and a lot of bad things for the state. And that's a separate argument. But I think as far as it relates to the, to the real estate, I think that in the long term, it's going to benefit the real estate in Texas. I think you're going to see a lot of really good people moving to the state who are going to want, you know, a small little something in the city. And then they're going to want something out in the country because in Texas, the best part about Texas is the rural areas. You know, you can go out to the country um, you know, when people are being locked in other states and lockdowns to, you know, a five by five apartment, they pay $1,500 a day for, you can go to Texas and you can get you 50 acres. That's right. And when you're locked down to 50 acres, you have the whole world at your fingertips. That's right. And that's a lot of what we're seeing whenever people come out here, they want, you know, a home on one acre. They want a home on five acres. Um, there's a lot of buyers who are coming that want as many acres as possible for their budget. Um, just something to be able to go out, breathe fresh air, run around, and do something other than staying cooped up in a small little residential home where you can touch your neighbor next door. Um, you know, we see a lot of that. Even just folks that are coming to buy just some acres property, you mm -hmm. know, having the place like you said, having a residential property in the city and having somewhere they can go or camping or just you know playtime or whatever else I would say to anybody if you've got property whether it's been developed or not developed whether you've ever had logging done or anything if you've got any kind of property and you've been holding on to it thinking about selling it I would say the next year or two is probably going to be literally the best time to sell because you're gonna have this big shift I think over the next two years and, uh, and property prices are are I think the highest we've seen in a long time. Yes, property pricing right now is is pretty high. Um, and that's because buyer demand is at an all-time high right now. Inventory, all-time low. Buyer demand, all-time mm -hmm. high. What does that mean? That means you have a seller's market. So that's sellers, a good question. So what yes. does that have to do with our sellers? Seller's market right now. Seller's market, sellers are able to get pretty much anything that they want to have for their property. Um, they are... Gosh, um, <laughs> it's been an interesting uh, run as far as pricing goes, especially for those of you that are selling land. Um, if you're selling land, you're getting some pretty ridiculous prices as far as land goes. Some prices that we've never seen before. Um, I'm talking three, four times what land has gone for in years past. Now, um, it still depends on the area and it still right. depends on the number of acres right correct um correct. I, so if you've got a thousand acres sitting 10 minutes from jacksonville you're probably going to sell all thousand of it pretty quick and you probably sell all together if you got a thousand acres probably down here in alto or even going towards the border where there's not as many towns maybe beneficial for you to talk to a good agent who can maybe uh, come up with a really good plan on how do we move just the right amount at a time. Right. We always, we always strategize. You know, that's one of the things that we at Texas Home and Ranch Group do is whenever we sell land, is strategize how can we get the most bang for the buck um, as far as, you know, selling land. Do we divide? Do we not? Um, and how do we divide and all those good things like that. Who but gets the pond and who doesn't? Who does? Okay. For sellers, though, um, one of the things that you're going to be seeing in 2020, 2021, sorry about that. We don't want to repeat 2020. Um, what you're going to be seeing in 2021 is a trailing 2020 market. So you're going to start to see the decline of the 2020 market. That means that the buyers are going to start to have a little more power. Um, the seller's market is going to start shrinking. 
as buyers get more power. Um, we're going to expect inventory to rise. A lot more homes are going to come in the market. This is basic supply and demand. If you remember your economics class back in high school, here you go. This is what we're talking about. Um, we're going to be seeing more homes come in the market. We've already got a ton of buyers. So they're going to have more choices. Um, it may be your home. It may not be your home. Um, so as they have more choices, your bargaining power is going to start to reduce. That means for our sellers that you're probably not going to have a double-digit price gain. When you sell your home, you may not get double-digit profits. So that's something that our sellers have been seeing, being able to rake in you know, $10,000, $15,000 on their home sale, sometimes even more than that. Um, whenever they go to sell their home, you may actually be scaling that back looking for maybe a $5,000 profit. Um, so just, just keep that in mind. If you're a seller, it's the same thing that we've been saying, you know, if buyers with interest rates buying now, sellers, as far as pricing, you want to sell now. This is a market that we don't have a lot of inventory in. The buyers don't have a lot of power in, you're basically able to command anything that you want to right now. So if you have ever thought about selling, and that's something that maybe you consider for this year, now is the time that you really want to do it. Don't wait until you have competition, because as you have more competition, you're going to have buyers coming in saying, maybe I don't want your house, and you're going to maybe have to actually reduce your price. So do you think we're going to see a shift, maybe say, July, August, where it's going to go from maybe a seller's market where it is right now to maybe more of a, a I say a neutral, where it's it's a buyer slash seller's market? I think we'll get there. I think in some areas we're going to start to have that shift back. I don't think it's going to get a full neutral. I think the seller's market is going to stay basically how it is. They will always have that command. Um, I just don't see, based on the number of buyers that are out there and how much buyer demand has been accumulating, and this was more than a 2020 problem. This has been a 2019 problem. Um, they're saying that things are going to start to come back to where they should have been in 2019. Um, we should start to correct that. But I don't think out here, given the buyer volume that we've got right now and the buyer demand, there's not going to be enough people that are going to sell to be able to curb that demand. I think we'll get close to being a neutral one for one, but I don't think that it's going to be a full on buyer's market. It will still say a seller's market. So wrapping up, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. This is market predictions. This is from realtor.com that I thought was actually really, really interesting. Um, this is for suburbs and, and major cities across the state of Texas. So this is predicted sales growth and price growth. Price growth is roughly going to stay the same for uh, most of the major metropolitans. But I thought it was really interesting as far as sales growth goes. Um, so Austin, Round Rock area, um, they're going to have about an 8.4% sales growth. So we all know Austin, Round Rock is booming. We've got a lot of major corporations that are coming into Austin. So they're going to be seeing a lot of home sales in Austin. So they're expecting about an 8.4% increase in home sales. Very, very common. Exactly what we're expecting to see out there. The other big three, really interesting. Um, San Antonio is going to have a 7.2% increase in price sales. Not price sales, sales growth um, predicted. 
Houston only 5.3. And since it's only 5.3, that tells me that Houston roughly is going to stay basically the same. Not a whole lot of change. Um, I don't think Houston has really had a significant decline due to COVID. I've seen a lot of other agents talking about the volumes that they've had in the last year, and they actually had really strong sales. Um, didn't really look like COVID hit them all that hard. Um, so I'm expecting them roughly to have some increase, but not a whole lot of increase. Um, the big one, of course, that's going to affect us is Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, so DFW is a direct impact as far as what East Texas goes. So when I look at metrics, I'm always going to look at what Dallas is going to do because they are so close to where we are. So Dallas-Fort Worth is expected to grow 11.3% in hmm. home sales. Of all of the big four in the state of Texas, Dallas is bypassed all of them by a significant margin, um, even bypassing Austin, having the corporations come in. So that is saying to me that the Dallas-Fort Worth metropolitan area, um, and we can even see some of the fringe benefits of that, um, this is the area that's going to be growing considerably in the next year or next, what, now 11 months mm -hmm. that we're looking at. So I'm really excited to see what's going to be happening in the East Texas area. Um, you know, we're, what we're seeing right now is, I, to me, it's we're, we're at the starting line. We're getting ready. The, the firing gun's about to go off. And I think that we're going to really start this thing come probably around spring break is what I would say. And that's typical for most of our market. It's about spring break. The people really start to consider selling and everything else. So it's a little bit later than I was hoping for, but I do think we're going to get there this year. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Thoughts? Man, I hope so. <laughs> but that's what every agent's saying right now. It's surprising to hear that Dallas-Fort Worth is growing. I know. Um, I expect it with Houston with the um, kind of the flattening of the oil prices over the last probably year. I expected mm -hmm. Houston not to really have much growth this year. I mean, almost everything they do is, is the oil field either refinery or, or whatever. San Antonio, I didn't expect much because they do a lot of uh, aircraft manufacturing and stuff there, so I didn't really expect a whole lot of growth there. Uh, Austin, I expected to see more with a lot of the companies that are relocating to Austin. I would say that the, the growth in Dallas is probably going to be related to some story we haven't heard yet, some growth or organization that's going to move there to help support that growth. Um, but yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's all good news for Texas. It's all good news for, for all of us out here in East Texas because, you know, that's going to help drive our sales. As some of those people are going to say, I want either a summer property or I want a hunting property and, and all, right. that, all that good stuff. Or I don't want to live in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'd like to be, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour away. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be looking at areas like Canton. We're going to be looking at areas like Athens. Coming into the East Texas market, um, you know, how far in is going to be to, to be determined. Um, but a lot of people who are going to be wanting those hunting properties and things yeah. along those lines, which just makes it if you have hunting property and you have large acreage, um, if you've considered ever selling it, you know, definitely talk to us because we probably are going to have an even stronger market for land sales in the next year. So, okay. All right, guys. Um, that is all that we have for today. Um, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Stay safe. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram for more fun and exciting real estate updates. Thanks for listening.